Welcome all you sports nuts and beer guts fanatics out there. This is episode 28. We're bringing to you the Marshall Falk, the Andre Iguodala of podcast tonight. Sports nuts and beer guts, episode 28. You got the usual cast of, cast of crew back together. Myself, Logan. We got Chris. We got Matthew David Hickman. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? Feeling pretty good. Had a fantastic weekend and uh, back in the swing of regular life. And uh, yeah, feeling good here, mostly over my cold even. <laughs> Chris, we all got together for a, a Predators hockey game last weekend. Have you recovered? Um, negative, I'm not. Um, <laughs> I'm currently drinking an alcoholic beverage for the first time since Saturday evening uh, at dinner. Um, I was hungover all day Saturday, all day Sunday, all day Monday, and even today at work, I was still just in slow motion. Like, goodness, you're too old for this. Oh, hating everything. So I'm gonna try beverage, see if it helps me uh, make it through the podcast tonight. So that's my goal. Chris, how does a man get to that level of hungoverness? Um, I. All I can say is you go to Cookville and you have a damn good time. <laughs> That's what happens. I, I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Well, as we said, we uh, we made a weekend and in Cookville and Nashville last week. We'll, we'll recap some of the highs and lows there. Um, let the people know why they should be partying in Cookville instead of in Nashville. Uh, we're also going to talk about a Zamboni goalie. We're talking about the Olympics a few months early. And then we're going to close this episode talking a little brunch action um, as requested by one of Hickman's good friends. <laughs> Guys, are we ready? Let's bring ready. it on. All right. Um, so, as I mentioned, we decided to, uh, to make an annual trip to a Nashville Predators game. And before we talk about the weekend, um, guys, what is it? I mean, Chris, you're the hockey guy. What is it about hockey I can't watch it on TV. Um, I'll go to some Ice Bears games every now and then, and they're entertaining. But my goodness, you go to an NHL hockey game, and it is electric. Uh, what is it about hockey games? Um, I've always compared hockey as it really is the best parts of every sport. I mean, you have the up and down of basketball where they're up and down. Uh, the physicality of football. Um, it's just it's physical. It's fast. And especially if you get down closer to the glass, you get to actually see the speed, the the skill. Um, it's insane, the skill level. I mean, you go to Ice Bears games, and the skill level from NHL to the Ice Bears is just, it's like <laughs> uh, college basketball to Johnson Bible College intramurals. Uh, oh. It's just light years different. So the skill, I- skill, physicality, speed, and then the atmosphere just like, it's just a natural thing. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how to describe it. So yeah, it's crazy. I mean, ice bears are like the minor leagues of minor leagues for hockey. It's a local team here in Knoxville. Been around forever, and even when they're good, even when they're winning championships, people are still going because they're doing wiener dog races at intermissions. Um, they're doing baby races. Um, they're having a swimsuit competition or something like that. Um, so even though you're closer to the rink, I do think there's something to those minor leagues, they just kind of fit them wherever they can, and the rink's not big enough to really open the game up. Um, 
But if you've never been to a an NHL hockey game, don't knock it till you try it. But boys, before we got there, every year Chris convinces us to spend a night in Cookville, Tennessee. Cookville's what? An hour, hour east of Nashville? Yeah. Um, home of the Tennessee Tech University Golden Owls. Purple Golden Pride. Eagles, damn it. Golden Eagles, sorry. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> sorry, the the Golden Eagles. Um and I just want to stake my claim here on Sports Nuts and Beer Guts that all these bachelor and bachelorette parties that are heading to Nashville do not know what they're missing in good old Cookville, Tennessee. Um, this is two years now we've done this. We hit up a couple old favors, old favorites, uh, Vinny T's. Unless your name is Cole Huffman, you can drink all night and get out of there for less than 10 bucks. Um, now, <laughs> I think you guys were on that thread that you guys saw. Um, I've never seen any place, much less a bar, whose receipt has more personal information on it. It has all these numbers of your card. That I'm sure it's a front for money laundering, and they're stealing all of our information. Uh, but to drink all night for six bucks or whatever it is, um, I mean, you go to this bar, and you have a tab, and you don't have to put down a card. You just, yeah, I'm going to the tab. And then at the end, Preston, God rest his soul, behind the bar, just says, well, do you want the bill for $2 or for $4? <laughs> And I say, well, Preston, the beers are two fifty. How is there one for two dollars, and how is there one for four dollars? And he looks at me and says, "Well, which one do you want?" I said, "Well, <laughs> give me the four, Preston." Um, and if you think Vinny T's is abnormal, the entire town prices their alcohol this way. So we go to a Mexican restaurant because no better way to start the weekend than at a Mexican joint. A couple guys get beer. A couple Hickman and I decide to split a pitcher of margaritas. We don't know how much the pitcher costs, but we trust that Cookville knows what's up. Trust the process. So we trust the process, and we decide to get a pitcher uh, that we thought was going to cost what eighteen bucks or so. Yeah, and that, we were. I, I was like, with that. I was like, it's probably eighteen bucks. Twenty and, at the most, and we it was, poured, it was a generous pitcher. Yeah, and we poured probably four drinks and realized we're not even halfway through this pitcher. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so as the bills come and we realize this pitcher of Marg's that we got eight drinks out of cost $16, <laughs> we decide, boys, it's time to get to Vinny T's. And a buddy stands up as we're all putting our jackets on and says, wait a second, that pitcher for eight margaritas was $16? It sure was. Well, we need to run this back. So we sit down right next to the old people who also know how to party as they were taking their oh. shots there in Cookville. And by old, I mean like, oh, they're retired. Oh, yeah, they're definitely retired. And this is a usual thing. They're like high-fiving people like two booths over and stuff. Um, all that to say, guys, no matter where you go in Cookville – the alcohol is extremely cheap. And so now to be fair, Chris, to the to the Cookville crowd, if you're looking to meet co-eds, um, we will not mention any names, protect the innocent and the guilty. Uh, Cookville may not be the place to go, but if you're looking for some cheap alcohol, I don't know why you would go to Nashville when you can go and fly into Nashville 
tell your tell everybody you went there, but the real partying is in Cookville. Am I wrong? I mean, it's it was it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Somehow we're we're, we're two for two. We even even went to a to a third. You know, if uh, we were closing up at Vinny T's, not even closing up. It's like, yeah, I think we want to go do some karaoke. And Chris is like, all right, got a place. First of all, it helps that Chris knows everyone in Cookville and every place. <laughs> so, you know, just a few minutes later, we're at this this karaoke joint, and uh, there's not even a stage. People are just walking around with a microphone. And and one thing about Cookville is everybody's, I don't know, it's just such a chill place, right? You know, that's, oh, that's, yeah. that's my Absolutely. perspective. So yeah. unless you're an Uber driver who is, we got an Uber <laughs> a mile and a half down the road. And yeah. he says, well, good thing you guys got an Uber. Police are handing out tickets like crazy for people walking around under the influence. <laughs> Did you guys see a police officer at any point while we were in Cookville? No. <laughs> um, but then we also had an Uber driver who, my goodness, Basically threw Chris out of his car because we were over the uh, the limit of people to be in his vehicle, according in, to him. In my defense, I don't even remember the karaoke bar. Like, I mean, I may remember twenty percent of the karaoke bar. So I might have hit Uber X instead of Uber XL. I I'm just lucky I ordered something. That's just a miracle. <laughs> ordered something at that point. Yeah, so. I'm not real sure why we had you do that. Uh, yeah, somebody question. Be in charge of that. But Cookville's where it's at. Um, if you want to hang out and just have fun with a bunch of guys, Cookville, cheap liquor, um, cheap food. We all we had five guys cram into a hotel for what next to nothing a person. Um, it was like twenty bucks a person. It was something it was ridiculous. Yeah. So just so you guys know, Cole Huffman, who's generally on the podcast when one of, when he's filling for one of us, called me the night before and said, Logan. <laughs> Why aren't we just doing two nights in Nashville? I said, Cole, it's Cookville, man. I can't explain it. You just got to experience it. <laughs> and so I think true. he's think he's glad he did. Um, so, Chris, we had told everybody we're going into this weekend that uh, that we were going going to this Preds game. We've done this a few times. So you set some over unders. How did how did we fare on our over unders here? Um, okay, let's go with this. First over under was fights in the hockey game Saturday night. Uh, I I took the under because I'm I'm the most educated on hockey of this bunch, and of course the under hit on that one. So I'll take a rare win on that one. Uh, number two, ex girlfriend showing up at bar at a bar in Cookville. Uh, Courtney made her annual appearance. So yeah, the uh, over hit. Uh, Cole, you were right. Hickman and myself. Not so much on wrong. that one, guys. I'm sorry. How did y'all not know that was happening? I, I, I thought that was a one-time thing. I didn't know that. I wasn't gonna. I don't gonna text her. I don't know her number. So <laughs> I thought it was a one-time thing, and then drinks start flowing, text messages get sent, and next thing you know, well, here comes Courtney and her boyfriend showing up. <laughs> well, no, Chris, her, she's her husband. She yeah. Courtney and her husband. Let's just make that clear. Her husband was dressed up. Wearing this uh, amazing, almost I'm gonna call it soccer outfit because it was Adidas, like an Adidas soccer warm up suit. It was <laughs> epic. It only got better whenever some random girl walked into Vinny T's wearing the exact same thing. <laughs> I mean, literally the exact same thing. So to be fair, Chris, I had messaged her just to ask if she knew we were coming to town, 
but I think you had already messaged her by the time I did to say Vinny T's. Um, I was like, no, I don't think we're going to Vinny T's quite yet because it was like four o'clock when I had messaged her. Oh, I didn't message her until I was at the Mex- Mexican restaurant. So, uh, okay, well, it was right before okay. the Mexican restaurant. So. Oh. so, there's that one. Next one popcorn refills at the Preds game. All three of us went over. And we didn't even buy popcorn at the Preds game. Surprisingness oh. there. We we not really only, let the team down. Not only did we miss popcorn at the Preds game, was Jeff Fisher in line for popcorn? <laughs> Jeff Fisher was, was in, in line. line for popcorn. Yes, Guys, we could have had a double. Now, th- I do want some feedback on this on the on the Facebook page, Sports Nuts and Beer Guts. Um, if you see a celebrity like Jeff Fisher, ex coach of the Tennessee Titans. Do you go up and talk to him? He's in line basically to get popcorn, where evidently we should have been. The five of us had a mini huddle to say, hey, do we go talk to him? Do we get a picture with him? Like in 2020, what do you like? What's the appropriate action for for a celebrity like that? Do you talk to him? I need everybody else's input besides Jeremy Mackey. Jeremy Uh Mackey is going, giving him a hug, buying him a beer. Being like, hey, man, you got an extra seat next to you trying to sit with him, <laughs> shoot the shit. Um, so anybody else besides Jeremy Mackey can give some input on this one. I already Jeremy, know what you're doing. Fair, I'm doing that way with Shaq. I am buying his groceries. I am sitting in his lap. <laughs> I'm doing whatever it takes. Um, Shaq's my boy. But I, I really wonder, like, what's the what's the protocol there? Uh, I mean, I'm not going to get his autograph. I, but, yeah, we, we did talk about that. How autographs are basically outdated, and it's all about just getting pictures. But like, what am hey, I doing you know, with that picture? With that picture? Am I sent, I'm posting that picture to Facebook? Like, hey, here's a picture of me and Jeff Fisher. I didn't talk to him. I don't know him at all. But here's a picture of me and Jeff Fisher. You know, in hindsight, now that I think about it, if we could have gotten a picture with him or a short video, it's like, hey, coach, can you say sports nuts and beer guts? That's what we should have done. I didn't think now, about that until right um, now. We could have made that our intro to Sports Hunts oh, and Beer since, since AWOL Dude. has neglected to write us a song. So, Guys, I'm not saying we got to oh. run this weekend back, but if you can guarantee me Jeff Fisher at a hockey game, we got to run, run, run this back. back. <laughs> I would have waited for him until he's done. I would have bought his drink or something and said, hey, coach, come on. You know, this guy, this guy, Chris, says you were the best coach in the NFL in 2008. And uh, <laughs> can, <laughs> can you get a quick picture of Sports Sussing Beer Guts and say, I'm Coach Jeff Fitcher. This is Sports Sussing Beer Guts. Not like he needs I, me to buy his beer, but I'd be happy to give that gesture. Because I know some people are really good at just interacting with random people. Um, but I'm Cole's just like, the guy to do that. We should have said Cole. I'm just like, what do you say? What do you do? I mean, it's definitely awkward. And again, I don't want to be that guy that just takes a picture just to post it to Facebook. Be like, hey, look who I saw in Nashville. Well, no, duh. Sorry, Chris, to interrupt there. No, you're good. Seeing Jeff Fisher was a solid time. Uh, Next one on the over-under list was over and under two and a half swings and misses at Topgolf. Um, To be candid, I can remember two swings and misses. There may have been more. we went. We got reservations at 11 p.m. I I was hungover. <laughs> reservations I was, at 11 o'clock, Chris. I was tired. I was I was not. And plus, um, let me go ahead and have a Top Golf rant real fast. Thank you. Um, top Golf is great for two guys, or it's great for couples. It's not good for five guys going. If you if you have five guys, go ahead and reserve two bays, um, hitting five golf balls, and then going and having a seat for 10 minutes. 
and then getting up and five more golf balls and then going back and sitting down for 10 minutes. It was not for me like that. So if you're going to top golf, you've never been do one of two things, either two, maybe three person max per bay or couples date and just have like one or two other two or two or three couples and have a good time. But if you're going with a bunch of guys, you have five guys on a bay. It's a dud in my opinion. No, I, th- I think it's a good call, Chris, that one, it was clearly the worst value we got out of the weekend. Cookville um, set the bar pretty high. Cookville <laughs> did. Um, but by the time, I mean, you know, the cost goes up exponentially the later in the night that you're there. Um, I do think it could be fun. I think Chris had a great idea just for a couple's date, you know, a little date night, you and one other couple. You know, my wife, Summer, she would love to go up there and just make a fool yeah. of herself because we were we were around two other people. I don't know if you guys saw, but like there was the group to our left, there was one guy who could hit a ball. The group yeah. to our left had nobody who could actually hit a ball consistently. Um, so I mean, I, I am a big fan of the top golf idea. Um, but I think Chris is right. I think there's not a there's not the appropriate amount of room needed for five guys. And if we're gonna be there, we should we should do it first thing in the morning when it's dirt cheap and then just do it for two or three hours and just know, hey, we're here to have fun. Um, it's not the cheapest place to drink and eat, but it's not it's not crazy expensive for Nashville. Um, I'm a top golf fan, but I think Chris had a great idea of you get two or three guys or a date night as the place to go. Mm-hmm. Um, next one was one and a half rounds that Cole buys everybody this weekend. Um, the under hit on that one. Very shocked. Are we sure about this? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it did because who bought the second mark pitcher? Thank you. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. So <laughs> I'm right. The over I'll take that. The overhead. Yes, I'll take it. All day. Thank you, Cole. Um the uh ball bombs. Hold on. Before you go on, uh, the one question my wife texted me throughout the whole weekend she didn't say a whole lot the whole weekend but the one thing she had asked me was how many rounds has cole bought and when i told her he only bought one shot for everybody her response was good for him that was the only thing she was concerned about all weekend was how many rounds cole was buying for people she had her mind on the wrong things to be worried about i guess but whatever um but yeah the the vol bombs I'm, i'm one of these people if I'm drinking beer and beer only, I'm good to go the next day. If I'm drinking vodka all all day, all night, and just vodka, I'm good to go the next day. But if I start mixing any kind of mixture, I start hating myself the next day. And that that's what happened. Thank you, Cole. I Chris, disliked you. You all mix like less than two ounces of liquor with your beer. Are you telling me that threw you off? Yeah, it did. I am. That, that was that was a giant yeah, ball was, bomb. Are you that kidding was me? It. it was like a full glass. Preston wasn't playing with that ball bomb. Shout out to yeah. Preston. That that was true. That was a giant ball bomb. It was gigantic. Uh, yeah. So I'm I'm gonna take the win since you're giving me the margarita pitcher. So yeah, he that was that, and Cole was the one who said, guys, we got to run this one back. So that's true. Uh, I'm glad you yeah, mentioned that. Cole, I was that thinking one, the same yeah. thing. And the last one was 0.5 people falling asleep at a bar or Waffle House this weekend. Um, I thought this hit the under until I scrolled through my phone and saw a picture of AWOL passed out at Waffle House. Uh, My drunk self must have taken the picture at some point. I'm not sure. Uh, But, yeah, I was convinced. Uh, He was sitting up, leaned up against the glass asleep. 
I don't think you took the picture because shout out to Courtney. I got that picture sent texted oh. to me from her. Okay. Uh, so I'm assuming, I don't know if she listens to the podcast. Um, if you do, thank you, Courtney. Uh, big fan. But uh, that's who I got the picture sent to me is to make sure that we knew that somebody fell asleep at Waffle House. Yeah, I was scrolling my phone. I saw it and I was just like, oh, AWOL's asleep. Mm-hmm. How about that? Uh, yeah, so I'm I, I'm impressed it wasn't me. I don't know how it wasn't me, but very happy. All in all, great weekend. Hickman, got anything? So, I mean, yeah, it was it was an absolute blast. And I mean, let me touch on on Nashville a little bit, because um, you know that that ends up being sort of the centerpiece of the of the weekend. Obviously, the, the Predators are there, and uh, you want to spend some time there. I know we talked ahead of time about things that we wanted to do, places we wanted to see. Uh, ended up with an awesome Airbnb that was a killer value. I mean, if we're talking value, right? Wasn't that a? It was like it, it was hundred bucks. A really nice place in Germantown. Um, that we liked. It was a super um, hipster area of the city. And I'm sort of learning this about Nashville. I've spent a bit of time there for work. I feel like um, in a lot of cities are this way, but Nashville specifically, there's like different social cues that you need to follow in different points of the city that I just don't know about. So I mean, I've, I've been a lot of places, but I feel like in Nashville, even though it's not far from my hometown, I don't know how to act. At, in certain places i just you know i'm just missing the cues for some reason uh for what for we we are walking around where our airbnb is and again this is a, a nicer part of town and we go in this coffee we're, shop we're that's at, we're in germantown north north of, of downtown yeah nicer part of town right am i wrong about that or is that no no yeah okay it's nice yeah yeah expensive homes all that good stuff uh older places but we walk in this coffee shop that's super bougie and you know pretty cool when we, when we walk in there um you know, typical big open spaces, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, a turntable you're not allowed to touch. Um, walk up and see this like craft list of coffees to order and even like drip, well, not drip coffee. They didn't have that pour overs were like five bucks. It was expensive to begin with. Uh, you know, we got our fancy coffee, sat down. It was delicious. This couple walks in, like taste, takes one look around and like get this semi off like you tell there was something was off-putting to them about it and one one person says to the other oh it smells like coffee in here <laughs> and they just left so the the lady says that as she walks in they walk into the right side of the coffee bar don't look at a menu or, or anything and then just turn around and walk right out like i don't know what they were expecting at a coffee shop but that was literally yeah. her first thought was Oh man, it smells like coffee in here. Yeah, just 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 had to bump. I mean, I, I no oh, clue man. about that. That was that was weird. Um, then then you know we're we're down downtown before the game on near near Broadway. We went with this bar called Layla's that Cole was big on. <laughs> and when we got there, there was no live music. There was not much going on. It was a uh, it was a dud. Are you um, talking about Layla's? <laughs> I, oh, you remember that part, huh? I remember Cole buying an $18 Tito's and Sprite at Layla's. Yes, I remember that. $18. I think AWOL, AWOL just came in like, uh, and he left. You and Chris, you and AWOL and I just walked in and basically left. There was a, I got a picture of you under a, a license plate that says not Chris or was Chris or something like that. That was pretty funny. But anyways, I'm walking in. I think, Logan, I came here in front of me or behind me. But I comment to Logan on how terrible this like kitchen looks in the back of Layla's because it's like these 
it really is sad. It's real close to like an alley and it's all open air. And there was like a, a basket of fries out of the fryer that had been sitting there for who knows how long. And a couple of just pieces of bread on a grill. It just looked horrible. And the guy who apparently was the chef just comes bolting towards me and is like waving for me to get out of the way. And I do one of those like arms up, like you know, what's, what's going on? The guy goes, you're not even mingling. What does that mean? What was I supposed to? I mean, I guess I'll go ahead. To be fair, you weren't mingling. You had literally walked in the back door. <laughs> he was right. I was, was not mingling. He nailed it. But uh, I don't know why he was so disgusted by your lack of mingling. Man, I had been there for five seconds, and, and the, the, the cook was not pleased with my presence. So we uh, we noped out of, out of, uh, out of Layla's pretty quickly. Um so again, not just don't always know how to how to act in different places in Nashville. Uh, I, I, you know, just anyway. Now, end of the night though, we met um, probably the best Uber driver ever. Uh, he picked us up from um, Top, Top Golf. Golf, and you know, it's rare that you get in a car with. Usually, your your interaction with an Uber driver consists of like, all right, I'm I'm, I'm ready to go. As soon as let's let's just get there. Let's not really talk. Let's let's get out of there. Um, we had the guy with the Honda Pilot that fussed at us. We had Frank, who we called the wrong name for a while. You know, those guys were fine. But anyway, Uber and you Darryl, always And you always kind of cringe when you get into an Uber, and one thing that pops up is says, great conversationalist. Because like Hickman said, yeah. you don't want a conversation. I'm sorry. I want to get in my Uber. And unless I'm like in a city for the first time and I'm going to my hotel, like, just get me home, man. It is midnight. I'm ready to go to bed. The last time I got in an Uber and it said great conversationalist or known for great conversation, it was a dude that started sharing about how he just got his Viagra prescription. Kid you not. <laughs> you you have something was, common with him then, don't you? Oh, <laughs> oh, pow, pow, pow. oh okay. I got, I got to tell that story. So we're riding on the way. I'm driving our, uh, you know, sweet Honda Odyssey minivan full of the guys had a good time. Alicia calls me and, you know, Tennessee's hands-free law. I answer the, the, the phone over the car and she has a couple questions about something, just normal conversation. And then I, I let her know she was on speakerphone with all the guys. And then she says, oh, hey, I meant to tell you, your Viagra prescription showed up today. Thought you'd want to know. <laughs> so shout out to my wife. She's funny. Uh, anyway, just Uber Daryl, he, I think Logan put it best that, Daryl was in the city, but not about the city. He had seen everything in Nashville. He just knew what was up. He knew that we were a group of guys just ready to get out of there. And as soon as we get in the car, he's like, so Broadway, right, fellas? And pretty funny at the time. But uh, Daryl was, was super cool. He could have we uh, hung out with him. He had good ideas and just knew what was going on. But uh, he'd, he'd seen some things and had some experience. So shout out to Uber Daryl. If you ever listen to the podcast, you're cool dude but uh yeah nashville was, was i mean it is what was expected it was a good time but maybe one of these days i'll figure out how to act there. higman on a scale of one to ten where do you put nashville as far as like destination cities you and your wife going for a weekend where's that Na- how, how's nashville rank one to ten that's a good question if i if i'm gonna put uh nashville's like a six and a half oh you know, you know it's 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 cool. It's not, you know, um, it's not Paris or, you know, somewhere in the, the Bahamas or something. Yeah, you know. Or, <laughs> Chris, where know. are you at? Nashville, 1 to 10. 
I'm gonna give it a solid nine. Um, yeah. Conveniency, it's 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 an hour up the road for me. Uh, me and my wife, um, when we dated, she lived basically where UT Martin is, the far western northwestern side of the state. I lived in Cookville. We met in Nashville about once every three weeks for a weekend together. Um, fond memories. Uh, as I said, my kid's middle name, first kid's middle name is Nash because of Nashville. That's kind of how me and Liz uh, like built our relationship. It was basically in Nashville. So I'm giving it a nine. Great memories there. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Nashville, mainly because my, my wife likes it. Um, probably an eight and a half for me. Um Big fan of Nashville. I'm doing it wrong, obviously. If it was a little cheaper, it would be a 10, but it is quite pricey. I don't love Broadway myself. Um, My wife does, so so I'll do it. But that's the only thing is everybody wants to go to Broadway, and I'm one of these guys. It's kind of like Gatlinburg. Once you've seen it, once you've seen it a million times, there's no need to revisit that. Um, The sports bar we went to is great alternative to Broadway. True. Oh, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, that was a good find. Um, Yep. If if AWOL was on the podcast, he'd talk we'd talk about how like, you know, Belgrade's a ten out of ten. Sure. <laughs> I'll trust you on that one. <laughs> Prague. Right. Those places are awesome. Guys, there was a uh speaking of hockey weekends, we had a little incident that I did not know existed. Um in the Carolina Hurricanes Toronto Maple Leafs game. Game is in Toronto. And supposedly the Carolina's top two goaltenders are done. They are out. Pulled hammy, can't play. What do you do? The NHL, with all their millions, has decided that they've got this whole thing set up so that um, the home team furnishes a third goaltender for either team. So this guy, my boy David Ayers, 42 years old, had been given a kidney by his mom, has never played professional, had never played professional hockey, was the Zamboni driver. He was the emergency goaltender. Um, and in the NHL, for whatever reason, um, I guess there's not enough money involved. Um, if a team needs a goalie because their guys get hurt, that they use the home team's emergency goaltender. So lo and behold, Guy's a lifelong Maple Leafs fan, suits up for the Carolina Hurricanes, and what do you know, wins the game. Now, guys, the first two shots he lets in in the second period, but doesn't give up a single goal in the fourth period. Third period. The the third period, sorry. Doesn't give up a single goal in the third period. Ends up with eight saves. Even talks <laughs> trash in the post-game press conference by saying things like, well, I've practiced against these guys. I knew their moves. I knew their shots. Um, if you look at the replay, they basically just shot everything into his gut. Um, so he didn't have to move. Chris, what what is going on with the NHL and they can't afford to carry a third goalie around? Oh, it's roster restrictions. It's nothing to do with that. And it's also, um, for practice purposes, um, there's only two goals on the ice. So if you have a third goaltender, that means one goalie's just standing off to the side awkwardly getting in the way. Um, it works. Uh, the emergency backup goalie gets 500 bucks. Um, I know for the Preds, they have three emergency backup goalies that they kind of do a semi-rotation because if you have stuff going on, you're obviously not making it to the game. Um 
and then for the emergency backup goalie, I mean, they get two tickets to the game. They, even even if they don't get in the game, there, there's two free tickets. I mean, there's some perks to it. So uh, I thought it was awesome. It was an awesome story. Um, it was awesome. That's all I can say. It's just <laughs> it blew my mind. Um, one of the coolest <laughs> things is if you haven't already, go go like Twitter creep on his wife's Twitter account and just relive like her thoughts throughout that night. Uh, she's also a lifelong Maple Leafs fan. And uh, that was really cool because at one point she was just like, oh, my God, I'm so torn. Not sure who I'm supposed to root for right now. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that brings my next point. Hickman, if you're the emergency goaltender, you got to get in the game. But you're a lifelong Maple Leafs fan. Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't both of these teams somewhat eligible for the playoffs? Oh, they're all in the pl- yeah, they're both in the playoff race. So Hickman, if you're a lifelong Maple Leafs fan, are you actually playing in the game? Or are you let are you just being the Olay guy and letting every shot in? So here's the thing. I'm playing the game. Uh I, 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 unless. So I think I, if I if I turn around for like a situation that would be like matter to me, like say for some reason I'm the emergency place kicker and suddenly I'm the place kicker for the Patriots and I have to make an extra point to win a playoff game, I'm hooking it. i'm hooking it and going and high-fiving the other team's coach uh that's because your wife says you can't kick straight without those pills (laughs) okay so i just don't take the pills before the game no in a regular season though i'm I'm playing it i don't know this what whatever happens out of this i just know it's going to be a disney movie eventually Uh, Uh, maybe hallmark yeah, a couple more things on this one. Uh, first off, he couldn't have picked a better team to be the the backup goalie for than the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, as some of y'all know, some of you may not know, after every home win, they do some kind of crazy thing. Like they play dodgeball. They they threw, played football. They have fun. And even after he gave up two goals, um, they literally said, hey, don't give a damn if you give up 10 goals. Like just go out there and have fun. Like, like we don't care. Just have fun. Uh, That's awesome. Couldn't have had a better team as far as that goes. And as far as like the the Toronto fans were cheering him on, um, yeah, wasn't was, he? He was a star of the game, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Like star Toronto of the game. brought him back on the ice afterwards, like and usually if, if the home team loses, they like say that the three stars of the game like very nonchalantly, like oh, three stars of the game, I don't know. and the, and then it's just like no acknowledgement. But they made a big deal for him. Um, it was a, it was cool all the way around. Hope Toronto gets some good karma from this because. I feel bad for Toronto as a hockey town because that's kind of like where the media headquarters is at. And it's just, they're the most highly criticized team. They could, they could lose a game four to three and play great and just lose it. And they'd be like, man, we need to fire coach, fire GM, trade all our players. Uh, So it didn't do any favors to the Toronto Maple Leafs, but losing that game, that's for sure. Because the fans were, they were irate, but they were also like happy for the guy. So Cool well, atmosphere. Cool. Yeah, it's cool talking. I mean, you listen to the guy, and he talks about how he's going to have that jersey framed to remember it forever. And uh, Caroline's actually flying him down for their next game to give him credit, you know, on the ice, uh, let their fans kind of say, hey, good job, dude. Um, but yeah, I mean, the guy walked into a four to one game, gave up the first two goals, first two shots he took, four to three going into the third period. And then just blanked his favorite, his lifelong team. Um, it's a heck of a story. So I'm I'm proud for old David Ayers, 42 years old. 
had never played professional hockey before. Um, heck of a story. Guys, a couple chugs there for pours here before we end the night. First one, it is Mardi Gras time, Fat Tuesday. I love listening to Sports Talk Radio today, talking about all the uh, fat athletic, who's the fattest, most athletic athlete um, in, in the United States, and uh, that was fun. But the drink of Mardi Gras, the hurricane, it's a little bit of rum. Well, it's a whole lot of rum, some light, some dark rum, some fruit juices. Hickman, Chuck Zipper, the hurricane. You know, um, you could guys like to hate on other guys for drinking some sort of fruity beverage or whatever, but they're, I mean, it's delicious. Any sort of rum punch is really good, um, unless you just really mess it up. So, Chug, uh, no, no hatred here. It's a good beverage. Chris? I am going to chug it. Um, <laughs> speaking of cheap drinks in Cookville, every Mardi Gras Spanky is bar we went to last year. They have two-for-one hurricanes on Mardi Gras. Tuesday night, um, they have a giant, like, Gatorade, like, uh, a Gatorade thing. You know what I'm talking about? Whatever. Cooler. Chug. Chug, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's just, it's a giant hurricane. So you go up there, you're like, oh, I want a hurricane. And they dispense it, and you get it. Um, Two-for-one from about 2011 until maybe 2018, I was there every Mardi Gras. Um, having a good old time, making a fool of myself, uh, ordering about eight to ten hurricanes. <laughs> um, this even happened after I got married for a couple of years. My wife would go with me so and be my DD and be completely embarrassed at how much I love Mardi Gras. Uh, <laughs> I would take an um, un- unofficial vacation day the next day after Mardi Gras because I just like you know, not not working the day, but I love them so I'll chug them. Guys, I used to live in Biloxi, Mississippi, near New Orleans, and I don't know the answer to this. What are we exactly celebrating for Mardi Gras? It was 40 days till uh, Easter. It's like Lent. The ending of Lent. Uh, is, that, yeah. is that what Mardi Gras? I thought Mardi Gras was like some Haitian thing. I didn't know. Like, is that I don't it? know. Is that I'm always we are. a party before Lent. We are uneducated. <laughs> All I know is there's a bunch of parades. I mean, like every neighborhood, every community in new orleans has their own parade so like i knew people who would live certain places like oh yeah we get 32 parades this year that are coming by uh, but i never know exactly what we're celebrating at mardi gras um but as far as the hurricane goes we're gonna we're gonna chug this all the way around um it's rum it's fruit juice how can you say no can't go wrong and let's just be blunt guys it is compared to the other New Orleans beverage, the Southern Comfort Whiskey. Yikes. I can't stand it. I'm pouring that out all day long. So when I'm in New Orleans, if you're giving me a hurricane or uh, some SoCo, give me the hurricane all day long. Guys, this week, the NFL Combine has started. The Underwear Olympics. Um, Chris. Chug Sipper Pour, the Underwear Olympics here, the NFL Combine that will be uh, available to you in prime time this year. Oh, I'm pouring it out. Um, <laughs> you see more and more top top players that are avoiding um, the Combine. They're not working out. They're going to the Combine. They're, they're meeting with teams, doing the interviews. They're getting their physicals. Um, but that's it. They're like, we're not, I'm not going to run. I'm going to wait to my pro day where I'm on a faster track so my numbers look better. Um, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm pouring it out. 
Uh, the one thing I will say on this is it's in Indianapolis because Indianapolis is a unique city. It has all the medical equipment needed for the physicals on site, like right there across the street. You can go get all the well, physicals you need done. You say on site. It's at the hospital. It's right across the street. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's the not many not many arenas have that or cities have that available to them. So that's why it is in Indy. Um, <laughs> but as far as the. As far as all it goes, it's it's overrated. I'm pouring it out. We've got a friend who works at that hospital, and she talks about, like, they put a sign on every door. Like, they have the tape on the floor. Like, evidently, they are worried these guys couldn't find the, the third floor if they had to. Like, everything is. <laughs> it is funny listening to her tell stories um, about doing all these uh, all these physicals for the guys. Hickman, where are you on the NFL Combine? So, um, uh, it's, it's, for me, it's the, the results of it. It's, it's a poor because I feel like, you know, once in a while you'll, you'll see a combine and like, all right, say, say a prospect, like somebody like Calvin Johnson or Andrew Luck. Like, oh yeah, man, they're awesome at the combine. Yeah, of course they were. They were going to be a great prospect anyway. Jerry, but then you get the other side of it, guys. Like you know, Jerry Rice was supposed to be terrible because his combine was bad. He ran a slow forty. And then how many times you hear guys? You remember like Jamarcus Russell and Andre Ware and Mike Mamula and um, remember the Dude. running back Chris Henry? Remember that one? Tennessee Titan running back. Yeah, Greg Robinson, Aaron Curry, uh, that receiver Stephen Hill, Kevin White. Remember Kevin White from the Bears? They're still trying to get him to pan out. Every year, there's somebody who has a Dion Jordan for the Dolphins. There's so many times there's this guy who was like, ah, oh, they might be a fringe second round pick. And, oh, my gosh. They really showed out the combine. We better, you know, draft them way too early. Let's trade up for EJ Manuel or Kyle Bowler because they can throw the ball real far. You know what? They were terrible in college and they still were. So I'm, I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's a pour out. I understand it's part of like the valuation. Now, what's the thing today? Like Joe Burrow's hands too small. So he's not going to be good. <laughs> I mean, I know, I'm sure it matters. Like you can't have hands the size of my daughter's and play in the NFL, but uh, what well, he says nine. I wonder, have y'all measured your hands? No. Nope. What my hand size is like his is nine nine inches or whatever. But I don't. I don't. It just seems so arbitrary for a lot of those things, and it's a poor. So I'm I'm sipping the combine. If I if I'm an owner and I'm investing millions of dollars into somebody, by George, give me a week to and I let me try everything I can with that person. Interview, run, sprint, all that stuff. Um, more often than not, the athleticism shows off at the combine. Um, I mean, you look at something like the last uh, six offensive linemen that have made the Pro Bowl in their first two years all were these six guys with the fastest forties. Now, if you're asking me, why do I care what the offensive lineman's 40 time is? Well, evidently, there is some correlation there. Um, so I think more often than not, it does. But as Hickman mentioned, people are still complaining about Joe Burrow's hands. You know who else has nine-inch hands? Who? Drew Brees. Close. Tom uh, Brady. Closer. Uh, this guy just won a Super Bowl. 
Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes wow. had nine-inch hands. Oh, well, yeah, definitely going to be Burrow's terrible. And he was drafted like three or four years ago. Like, it was so recent. I don't understand. More often than not, it's the worst teams that place the biggest emphasis on the combine. I mean, how many times has yeah, the Raiders, Raiders drafted somebody yeah. because they were super fast? Bengals! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, with Marvin Lewis, the Bengals had good drafts. Um, John Ross! <laughs> he's going to pan out. Just give him time. <laughs> So I'm I'm sipping the combine as a as an event. I don't understand people that watch this thing. Like you've not seen half the like you've never heard of half these players. Like it's televised. I don't get it. It's the underwear Olympics. Like I mean, honestly, the best part is watching the fat guys run the forty. Right? I mean, that's what everybody wants to watch to see. Mm-hmm. Um, next, Chuck Zipperpore guys. That word came out this week. The Olympics, they're supposed to be started in, uh, not Toronto, um, in Tokyo, um, potentially may be canceled due to all this coronavirus that's going on out there. Uh, The AP sent this out. Dick Pound, the longest serving member of the IOC, estimates there's a three-month window to decide the fate of the Tokyo Olympics. Hickman, if if your name was Dick Pound, would you be canceling the Olympics? (laughs) um so if that were my name i'm sure by now if i were the longest tenured member of the ioc you'd be in the porn industry we know you're not the longest member of any industry (laughs) you are average (laughs) oh my gosh um or if i were yeah what what however you want to uh anyway so you know, I would be making a wise decisions because I would have thick skin from years of having that as my name. Um, in all seriousness, if this is a possible global health crisis, you have to do it. Um, I trust the, uh, you know, I want to trust the scientists, not the politicians in this. Um, and if the scientists say, yeah, this could escalate to something that could, you know, wipe out people in, in uh, developing nations, as a as a result, we've got to you know got to cancel it. Chris, um, I'm gonna sip it. Uh, it's a pain in my ass at work right now. Uh, I work in the auto industry. Um, we have our headquarters are in Japan. We deal with China a lot. Um, all the auto manu- manufacturers are freaking out over it because we get a lot of parts from China. And the Chinese New Year was about two weeks ago. And there are several companies that still haven't came back from it because the regulations for the comeback from work are it's like, hey, you have to be like 14 days quarantined. You have to have masks, which there's a mask shortage because of uh, this whole outbreak. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the big sticking points is companies don't have masks for everybody. They um, don't have it, Amazon it, over there. I think there's just a global shortage. <laughs> but yeah, it's just a. Uh, it's a pain in my ass right now, and that's just with work. So I'm going to sip. Um, I think it's probably hmm, if this coronavirus thing is still a thing in three months, um, I think it's something they should consider. Um, yeah. But I'd also like for them to like try to make it every way possible for the Olympics to happen. I'm a big Olympics fan. It gives me something to watch uh, during the summer. So I hope it happens, but at the same time, I understand. Yeah, I am probably as big an Olympics fan as, as is possible out there. Um, 
you know, ran track all growing up. Uh, there's some of these, I mean, can you imagine being an athlete and the, the only time you basically compete on a, you know, televised national stage is basically once every four years. I mean, people start planning this when they're 12, 13 years old, they start doing, you know, they're planning their training based on the Olympics. So I'm as big Olympic fan as, as possible. That being said, my goodness, sometimes I feel like the Olympics cause more problems than they actually help. Um, yeah. the, the spirit of yeah. the games and global unity. I mean, I just, um, so should they be canceled? Probably like, let's just be honest. Um, yeah getting a massive amount of people and that could contract this virus and then spread them all back to their home countries seems yeah. like a terrible idea. Um, so I don't understand the whole timeline for it. Um, so if you're asking me chug sip or pour the Olympics, I'm chugging it. If I'm chug sip or pour and should this be canceled? Um, I'm going to leave it to the experts, but I, at this point I'm leaning toward, they should probably cancel this. If I'm an athlete, I got to ask myself, is this something I actually want to do? Like I've been training my whole life for this, but is this really uh, an environment that I want to put myself in? Yep. I, mean, I remember when Beijing hosted it and people worried about all the, uh, all the air pollution and all that stuff. And um, so this is a tough Modern one for Rio. me. Right. Yeah. This is a tough one for me. Um, so I'm going to sip it. Should they be canceled? Um, if the experts say it's got to be canceled then I got to trust them guys, the Preds game we went to on Saturday Fred scored in the first, what, 30 seconds of the game. Um, yeah. Hadn't even changed the line out yet. Get a goal. We go up 2 nothing pretty early. Um, we end up going to overtime, edge of the seats. Um, after o overtime, it was still tied. We went to an eight-person shootout, the most exciting hockey game by far I've ever been to. But, guys, I didn't realize this, that in overtime, they play three-on-three -three hockey. Hickman, Chug Sipper three on three overtime hockey. Just like you, Logan, I had no idea what we were in for. Uh, as soon as uh, the third period ended, I had to pee really bad. I said, Chris, <laughs> do I have time? He said, No, they're running out three on three right now. I had no clue. It was fantastic. It was so entertaining. Five minutes of that followed by an eight, you know, eight man shootout. That was nuts. Uh, we got a great video of all of us going. Berserk when the Preds won, uh, man, hockey has has you know for as as much as they don't have figured out regarding their uh, you know commissioner and things like that, the the game format for this that's it's fantastic. Loved it, chug. Chris, hockey overtime. Where are you at? I'm gonna chug it. They used to do four on four, and too many games are going to shootout, which is shootouts are just luck if we're being honest with it. Um. And at that point, they were like, we need more games to actually end uh, with more skaters in the ice. So they went three on three um, because it's so open. Possession matters yeah. so much. Um, this is probably the first time y'all have seen three on three, but there's times where they take it out of their own zone just to keep possession because that's how important possession is. Uh, you rotate your players. Uh, I mean, players are skating up and down the ice. They're getting gassed in no time after playing a 60-minute hockey game. So. Three on three is exciting. It's great. It's awesome. It shows off the skill of the players. Uh, chug it. All right. So not to be the contrarian here, but as Chris mentioned, three on three overtime is all about possession. I don't know how many times I saw the Predators. I think, I mean, it's what they play five minutes. 
I think they held possession for the first two and a half minutes of overtime without taking a shot on yeah. goal. Just held possession. I noticed the only time they'll attempt a shot on goal is if they get what they perceive as a breakaway. A breakaway happens when they basically get to sub. Uh, a new line comes in, and they can pass it ahead to the guy who hopefully is behind the defense. Um, so I was all excited about some three-on-three hockey. But if we're honest, the actual amount of potential goal-scoring opportunities in that five minutes even though it's wide open ice is slim to none because everybody's afraid of that quick turnaround. All of a sudden they give up a goal. Um, so I'm sipping the three on three. I love the idea, but when it comes to actual, um, you know, how they handle a three on three, each team just wants the puck in there on their stick and they're going to hold it unless they think that they have a, a clear breakaway. But for the most part, they're going to hold that, that, that puck. Hickey, um, uh, good take. <laughs> Logan, not so much. <laughs> But I will agree with Chris. As a former soccer goalie, um, the the shootout is a 50-50. You're the goalie. You're taking an educated guess, um, and you're diving one way or the other and hoping you have it. Uh, I will say, though, Chris warned us that the Predators goalie was terrible in shootouts, and I think he stopped, what, six of the eight, Chris? Yeah, he was nice. I think he did stop six of eight. Yeah. So, I don't, so maybe you don't know what you're talking about when it comes to wow. hockey. Logan, um, didn't you stop an abnormal amount of penalty shots? <laughs> so there was and for Justin. Uh, so there was a year in college that I set the national record for penalty kick saves. <laughs> um, not because I'm particularly great. I wasn't known in high school as a great penalty kick. I mean, some guys are. I just known for that. Um, but I think because I had a lot of chances because our team was terrible, um, that I just happened to save a whole bunch of them. Um, so yes, yeah, so if the NAI scoreboard or, uh, or official record book is still out there at one point, um, I had saved six of eight penalty kicks in one year. Um, and those were all penalty kicks that were given up during the play, during the, uh, the game. We had no overtimes. Our team was just terrible. And I like to clobber people in the box and <laughs> put me, put me at the mercy of, of the penalty kick. Last but not least guys, Chuck Zipper Cole Huffman asked me to throw in a little brunch action. Hickman, why would Cole want to know if you chug, sip, or pour brunch? Cole came to Knoxville once and was excited to see a bunch of people, and I was going to show up until he told me it was going to be at brunch, and I hate brunch, and I was not going to show up because of that. Uh, that's not true. Um, he did come to come to uh, to Knoxville, met some people for brunch. I was had to work that day. I have yet to live it down, so it's become a running joke that I hate brunch. Um, I actually do like brunch, uh, but, I mean, just on principle, because of cold, poor, hard poor. <laughs> Chris, you and brunch, how you feeling? I'm going to sip it. Um, I like the idea of it because I'm a, I'm a very structured person, but on the weekends, I, I, don't, I, I like to sleep in a little more than normal. And when you sleep in a little more than normal um, – it throws off your meal schedule. So brunch nicely bridges uh, breakfast and lunch, hence where the name comes from. And uh, <laughs> it allows you to have a normal eating day or as normal eating day as possible. So as somebody that's like a creature of habit, I'm, I like that part of it. Uh, I would ch- I would pour out the part where they tack on $10 and call it brunch to the meal, where it's like, that's fair. it just seems so insanely expensive for what it is. Uh, 
it seems more expensive than breakfast and lunch, and it's just too expensive. Mimosas, I don't give a damn about mimosas. <laughs> uh, yeah, I said it. So I'll I'll sip it because it is nice on the premise of it, but it and rarely works out. So I'm kind of with Chris in the mimosa category of I'm not a champagne guy. Um, full disclosure, the first taste of alcohol I ever had was a champagne at my wedding. And I almost threw it up, almost spit it up in my wife's face because it was gross. Um, but when it comes to brunch, I'm going to sip this for the main factor of, does anybody go to brunch and not order breakfast food? Well, that's a good question. What exactly is brunch? Yeah, because if you, if you go to brunch and you order a burger, it ceases to be brunch, right? But I'm thinking I've never ordered a burger for, and I'm a big burger guy for brunch. Yeah. I'm always ordering breakfast. Am I not just eating a late breakfast? Yes. A late so overpriced what, breakfast. Yeah. What makes brunch brunch? Because if you right. order eggs Benedict, you can get that for breakfast, right? Exactly. But who is the psycho exactly. out there well, going so. to brunch ordering breakfast or ordering lunch? Nobody orders lunch at 10 o'clock in the morning. Mm. So unless you get a mimosa or a Bloody Mary, it is either breakfast or lunch. I'm thinking, I think we just created this fancy name, as Chris said, to charge wow. 10 extra bucks for the meal. Brunch is a late breakfast. That's all it is, people. We are exposing the hard truths in this country. <laughs> Netflix, I expect a documentary on, on, <laughs> on, brunch. on brunch. The sinister the, meal between breakfast and lunch. The scam that it is, because again, nobody orders lunch <laughs> during brunch. You crazy psychos. Good point. Uh, guys, glad to be back. Glad to have the crew back again. I think we did Marshall Falk and Iggy well today. This has been episode 28 of the Sports Nuts and Beer Guts.